Hello and welcome to episode three of the Hockey News on the Queue. My name is Will McLaren. He's Jamie Tozer. And we're going to start right off with our guest for this evening. He's a guy who probably doesn't need much of an introduction if you're following the Quebec League these days. His name is all over the place. The accolades keep pouring in. He's the uh, forward of the month for uh, September and October in the league. Uh, He has been racking up points at a very rapid pace, much as he did last year. And he's taking a few minutes of his time to talk with us tonight. Halifax Moosehead's forward, Jordan Dume. Jordan, first of all, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, uh, let's get right off the hop. I mean, anybody who can go to the stats Mm -hmm. page on the Quebec League website, they they know what you're doing. Um, Hockey world at large is is familiar with it. Um, As well, the team's doing great. Mooseheads are uh, currently first place in the Maritime Division and challenging for top spot overall. Give us your thoughts from your perspective on how the season has gone so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's went well. I mean, uh, as a team, I mean, uh, we we started getting some more expectations this year. I mean, obviously, past years we're young, and uh, we still are. But um, I think uh, for the start of the season, I think we did uh, really well. And uh, personally, I think I've been playing well. But um, yeah, just overall, obviously, uh, my line mates and our team's playing well, which helps me too. So. And Jordan, you're a really deep team, but you've been a bit, been without one of your best players in Zachary, Zachary LaRue. Um, you know, did you feel uh, that you needed to step up your game a little bit with, with LaRue out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously it takes a bit off my back when he's there, but um, I mean, if he's there or not, I think as a team, I think uh, it's just a chance for other guys to step up if he's not there. But um, obviously when he's there, when he'll be back, it'll help a lot, so. I want to take it back to uh, last year, Jordan. Of course, your second year in the league, your draft year, a big year for any guy in your position. Um, we all know, uh, especially those of us close to the queue, what happened with Prospects game. You weren't a name to that team. But soon after that, you went on one of the most torrid paces I've seen in the league. I've been following it for almost three decades. I've seen very little like it, almost three points a game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, was what happened regarding the prospects game a, a bit of a motivation for you to finish as strong as you did, or did things just start to click for you a little more rapidly? I mean, those type of things always uh, always take into motivation a bit. I mean, uh, I didn't think much of it at, the, at that point. I mean, obviously, in the moment, uh, it's unfortunate at the beginning, not getting an invite, but I'm um, I mean, after a few days, I mean, you just kind of forget about it. And uh, there's nothing I could do about it, uh, to be honest, except uh, what I do on the ice and let that speak. So, I mean, to be honest, I think things just started clicking more and uh, just started playing well. So, You had 109 points last year, obviously off to a great start this year. But do you feel like uh, teams are playing you a little bit differently defensively? Do you feel like there's a little bit more uh, attention on you? Yeah, I think it definitely is. I think especially starting this year, I mean, obviously last year a bit, but um, going to this year, I think there's a few extra guys. I mean, let's say maybe on the power play, I think they're covering me a little bit more, but um, at the end of the day, it's fun and uh, just good for me to get better. And, uh, you know, going a few other guys and different strategies that try to go against me, I think uh, I think it's fun. I just try to go uh, do my best. So. As uh, funny Jamie mentions that too, I was actually talking to uh, your head coach, Sylvain Favreau uh, here in Halifax uh, not too long ago about you and uh, one of the things he pointed out is one of the games that he thought that you were uh, uh, best covered in uh, from a defensive standpoint was early in the year against Bathurst you still ended up with four points and uh, he he also talks about your ability to just force turnovers and do the little things to gain possession of the puck for you is that something that is a little bit instinctual or is it something that uh, you're you're actively working on to 
to uh, try and get in the position, try and maybe prepare yourself in practice for a game situations like that. I think it's mostly instincts, like you said. And I mean, uh, obviously at this point, I expect uh, maybe a few extra guys to be covering me and uh, maybe uh, the guys may be a bit more towards my side of the ice. But um, I mean, at a certain point, I mean, I just try to play my game and uh, whether or not they do uh, pay attention to only me and just uh, focus on me. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I just, just play like I do and I just adapt to it. So. Uh, hockey or elite prospects has you on pace for 153 points this year. Uh, that, that might be a little, uh, uh, hard to do, but that, did you set any goals for yourself? Did you set any actual, uh, like numeric goals to try and reach this season? Uh, point wise, not so much. I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, I think I worked really hard last summer on specific things and, uh, I think, uh, just if my, I think my, one of my main goals is just winning. And I think, uh, I think our team has the capabilities to do that. And I think I have a big part of it. So I think that's one of my bigger goals. But um, style-wise and such things, I mean, uh, I try not to focus too much on them and uh, nothing too specific. So. Now, uh, you're from uh, Il Bazaar um, originally. And it kind of ended up being a bit of a perfect storm last June uh, or last July when the NHL draft came along. Um, draft is in Montreal. Uh, you were selected by Columbus, of course, uh, in the third round of that draft. Um, just take us through that experience, getting drafted, uh, you know, very close to home. You know, how, how many people do you have in the crowd, uh, family and friends-wise? And uh, just uh, tell us about that experience. Yeah, I mean, it's a great experience. I mean, obviously, that, especially that was at my at home. I mean, obviously, it was a big plus, but I'm... Yeah, I mean, most of my family was there, my grandparents, uh, my brother, my parents, obviously, and uh, it's a bunch of close family. Obviously, some of my friends, too, are there getting drafted, too. So, I mean, overall, it was a great experience. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just try to take advantage of it. I mean, uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I've been to Columbus a few times. Uh, really nice building, nice city, college town. Uh, what was your what was kind of your first impression of the city and uh, what did you like about it? I, mean, I thought it was I thought it was great to get drafted anywhere, but I'm um, obviously Columbus. I mean, they're a young organization and such such things. So I mean, I think it was great. I mean, I didn't know too much about the city, but um, once I got there at Def Camp and um, even the main camp here a few months ago, I mean, uh, I think it was great. I mean, it's a it's a great city, like you said, it's a college city, and uh, yeah, I mean, it looks looks like a lot of fun. So, and uh, you know, talking about that experience, um, I was chatting with Rick Nash, uh, who is the player development. Uh, uh, person in uh, Columbus or the director of player development, I should say. And uh, he had nothing but full marks to say about you. Um, obviously, the news was getting back here uh, to uh, the, the outposts in the queue uh, about how uh, about how strong your play was. But to hear it from a guy like Rick Nash, who is he's a legend with the Blue Jackets organization, his numbers in the rafters. What kind of significance does that have for you? I mean, it's great. I mean, being in touch with one of those guys who have been through it, but uh, not only been through it, but been one of the legends of the game. And uh, obviously the career he's had, I mean, uh, whatever he tells me, the tips or such as, I mean, obviously I listen to the much I can. And uh, yeah, I mean, being in touch with one of those guys, I mean, it's just great for me and my development. So There's a pretty big hockey tournament coming um, to your building next month. Is uh, is trying to make the, uh, the World Junior Camp, is that one of your goals uh, heading into the year? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know. Uh, I mean, I know it's really hard to make, especially the Canada team. I mean, as much talent as there is in Canada. I mean, uh, I mean I'm just gonna try to do my best. Obviously, I mean, obviously, uh, these even older guys are still available in the tournament. So, I mean, I think my job. I'm just trying to do my best, and uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to get invited. So, 
You're uh, one of the guys on this Moosehead squad that has more inside knowledge than than most. You, it's been three years. You grew up in the organization, but a lot of other guys grew up with you. You know, Marcus Vitacek, your current line mate, being one of them. Cam Wynette on defense. Um, what do you think, based on what you know of this team, uh, is it going to take, or what's going to be the uh, the thing that separates you from the other top teams in the league? if you end up uh, progressing uh, as well as you have throughout the rest of the regular season into the playoffs? Yeah, I think, I think one of our main things, I mean, how hardworking we is, I mean, obviously our coach still bad. I mean, he's definitely not easy to – his practices definitely aren't easy, and he pushes us really hard. But, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, a few of us have been together for three years now, and uh, I think one of the main things is chemistry. I think most of us are close, and like you said, I mean, the guys my age, Furlong, Vitacek, even Swan, yeah, I've known them even since I was like 13 years old. So, I mean, I think guys like that, I mean, we have good chemistry. So, I mean, I think down the road it's going to pay off. So, All right, Jordan. Well, first of all, we appreciate you taking the time once again. But uh, uh, we all know we're going to be hearing more from you this season and beyond. So good luck with uh, whatever comes your way uh, this season and beyond. And thanks once again to Jordan Dumay for taking the time to talk about the hot start for both himself and for the Halifax Mooseheads this year. Uh, Jamie, you saw some decent hockey action yourself this past week. You're back from uh, Western Canada. You're actually seeing games at home. Tell us how the week went. Yeah, really uh, impressive three-game stretch for the Sea Dogs. Um, coming off that six-game losing streak, came back home and uh, upset a strong Gatineau team, as we've discussed on the show a few times. Uh, then had one of their Best games of the season on Friday against uh, against Bathurst, real strong 6-1 win, kind of taking advantage of a Teton team that was missing a couple of their key guys. So uh, good to see from that standpoint. And then on Sunday, uh, a game they probably could have won as well, taking a 2 nothing lead in the late stage of the third, but uh, falling uh, short in a shootout. But uh, three promising games by the Sea Dogs, and uh, we'll see what they can do this week when they uh, head back out onto the road. Yeah, and uh, you know, you talk about that Sunday game. I I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, outside the realm of reality. You know, the, it's their third game of the week. Moncton had points in seven in a row going into that game. Of course, they made it eight in a row after the shootout win. Um, to um, maybe see the tank run a little bit towards empty in the third period of that game. Kind of understandable, um, but, uh, you know, still valiant effort by the dogs there. And, you know, the big wins against uh, Gatineau and uh, Ackity Bathurst as well. And getting contributions from all over the place. No injuries have been uh, uh, a bit uh, of an issue, especially in the past week. And it seemed like everybody who played a major factor in the start of the week was not in the lineup by the end of the week. Yeah, this could be a problem moving forward, I think. Um... I think we're kind of starting to see, um, you know, the CEDAWs kind of their record kind of even out a little bit. Um, I don't think their their play was as bad as their record showed on their last road trip. Um, just a really tough schedule, and they've had a really tough schedule to start. So I think we're going to start to see the CEDAWs statistically improve a little bit over the next few weeks. Um, but, yeah, like the injuries are going to be a problem. You know, Herchubis um, was hurt again, who missed the start of the year and all of training camp with an injury, got hurt again um, on Thursday against Gatineau. Um, Peter Reynolds got hurt Friday. He's probably been one of their best players, um, for the past few weeks. He's going to be out for a month at least. Um, and then on Sunday, Cam McDonald got hurt. who has been, uh, another really strong forward for them of late. So 
three big losses. Um, and, you know, we'll see if they can, uh, if they can have some guys step up, but uh, it's not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, just to follow up on that, Herdy B's 42 saves in the win against Gatineau. Cam McDonald, a hat trick, Peter Reynolds, four assists in that same game as well. So, as you say, Jamie, you know, big chunks of the lineup uh, that uh, will not be uh, at the dog's disposal uh, in the immediate future. So, they head out on the road uh, taking on Charlottetown, Cape Breton, Halifax, the old maritime swing. And speaking of Cape Breton, Let's talk a little bit about the Cape Breton Eagles. Um, there's quite a bit to talk about. If you wanted to, uh, not much of it has been very good. They're last in the league. They have one win on the season. That came in, in a shootout in Moncton a couple of weeks ago. You mentioned the schedule of the Sea Dogs. The schedule for Cape Breton hasn't been overly easy as well. Plus, their season got delayed uh, due to Hurricane Fiona, uh, power was out in the Sydney area for some people for a week or more. They didn't get on the ice till October the 1st. Q season started on 27th, or 22nd, I should say, of September. So it's just been a combination of things hitting Cape Breton all seemingly at the same time. What do you think, Jamie, it's going to take for these guys to pull out of the funk? I, I really think that over time this team is going to improve. And I, I think you know, I'm sure they don't want to use this as an excuse, but I really think the hurricane really threw off their start. Um, you know, it's not like it was just their home rink that was affected by the hurricane. This was, you know, I think probably every ice sheet in Cape Breton um, had issues during that. And um, leaving a young team off the ice, they probably had the least amount of practice of any Q team um, to start the year um, because of that. So I think that that's a major problem. Um that they had to overcome. So I think over time they'll probably get a little bit better. Um, but just how much better can they be? I think it's a big question. We know that they're um, a rebuilding team still, but um, you know, I think they would hope, you know, they only had 14 wins last year in 68 games. I'm sure they're hopeful to get more than 14 wins, which is <laughs> still a, a pretty low bar um, to get, to reach, but I'm sure they're, they'd like to improve on that and at least make a, a push for uh, one of the last playoff spots. Uh so we'll see. And I'm sure, um, you know, first year coach, first year GM. Um, so I'm sure they kind of want to make uh, an impression on this team and, and put their fingerprints on it a little bit. So I'm, maybe we'll see some moves um, at Christmas. Yeah, definitely. And we're already seeing a few moves uh, uh, with that team. You know, Sylvain Couturier is the GM. He's It's his first year in Cape Breton. As far from his first year in the league, he spent uh, the better part of two decades with the Acadie Baptist Teton. He has a Memorial Cup to his credit uh, with that squad from 2018, John Goins, who uh, was out of hockey uh, for a, a mm -hmm. few years, but previously a coach in, in Bay Camo. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, just to uh, uh, go off on a bit of a tangent here. Um, his father is actually Chris Goins, his late father um, above my head. There's a copy of a book called lions in winter. One of the best sports books ever written by anybody that was co-written by uh, John's father, Chris. So a lot of talent in that family. Plus wow. uh, John's uh, brother, uh, Nick, also played in the queue for uh, a few teams, including Halifax and Cape Breton. But, uh, you know, uh, it's a matter of trying to find, find a way to put things together. Olivier Shat or Oliver Shatney is uh, now in Cape Breton, uh, acquired from Charlottetown. He had that big shutout uh, against Moncton for the only win of the year so far. There's bodies in and out. There's a new defenseman coming in from uh, the WHL this week uh, as well. 
Uh, Jeremy Langlois, their captain, he's back in the lineup after missing the start of the season. So there, there's some positives to build on. And, uh, you know, Jamie, if there's, if there's one stepping stone, if you will, that could be ideal for the Cape Breton Eagles to start making the turnaround, it's coming this week in the next couple of days when they face off against their strongest rival, Halifax Mooseheads, at home. It's going to be a big game. If you're ever going to make a statement and 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 get back, you know, get on a winning track, now's the time to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know that's obviously a big game. And I think they're they're winless at home this season, which is uh, obviously a, a big problem. Um, or maybe they do have one win this season. I'm not sure. I know they're not. No, they're no, not no, great at home. Yeah, yeah. Their 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 lone win came. Ironically, their lone win came in Moncton. So one of the hottest <laughs> teams in the league. So. Just yeah, shows the unpredictability, right? <laughs> yep, yep. So definitely want to improve at home. And I know, I know, one of the games that I have circled as well that Halifax game. I think the St. John game on Saturday night is a big game for them because I think they're going to view that as a winnable game. I know the Halifax game they'd love to win, but they're obviously big underdogs. Not as big of an underdog against St. John, who uh, will be making a lawn drive. Um, they play on Wednesday. Um, will be injured. We know that a little bit banged up. So I think they're going to want to take advantage of that. So I'm curious to see. Um, what type of Eagles team comes to play in that game, especially if they don't win the Halifax game. Um, so I'm curious to see. Um, just I think this team is going to get better, but again, just how much better can they be? Um, and one stat I did want to flag too, just to, to, kind of, to kind of show how much of a struggle it's been in Cape Breton. They have eight wins in the entire calendar year of 2022, and only four of those have been in regulation. So it has been uh, a very long year in Cape Breton. Yeah, it's been tough. If and when you factor in all the other, you know, outlying um, things that are going on around them, that's going on, going on, you know, throughout the world. You know, coming out of out of the the, the height of the pandemic, you know, uh, you know, just uh, having not having the opportunity to even play in the playoffs in twenty twenty one because Nova Scotia play Nova Scotia teams elected to to mm-hmm. not participate. Uh, missing in 2022 it's uh, things you got to give they they've got to have a reason to get the fans back uh, in the stands uh, and winning will do that as much as uh, most anything else and when you when you get a raucous crowd at uh, center 200 in sydney uh cheering on a winning team there's very mm-hmm. little else like it in the queue i can assure yep. you yep for sure yeah. Moving on to the NHL team profile for the week, and this time we are heading out to Cowtown at the Calgary Flames, and this is going to be a long list, folks, because everywhere you look, whether it's in the queue, whether it's in the AHL, whether it's with the parent club, there are alumni, there are current queue players who are on the radar or making an impact. We're going to start with the two guys in the league who have been drafted by the Flames. Uh, one guy resides in Sherbrooke. That's Cole Huckins, right winger. He was drafted in the third round in 2021. Uh, long stint with the Acti Bathurst Teton. He spent three years there uh, before moving on, on to Sherbrooke in the offseason. Played his 150th regular season game on Sunday in Blainville against the Armada. And the other guy is a guy who I've been watching personally since he was 16 years old. That's Cam Wynett, defenseman with the Mooseheads, also a third-round pick of the Flames, also in 2021. Um, a guy that kind of got thrown to the Wolves at 16 as Halifax was just coming off their Memorial Cup hosting season, um, had a lot of ice time and, and, and really got thrown to the fire. And, was, and uh, I was always curious to see how he was going to rebound from that. 
The answer is he's rebound very well. He's become a very strong, responsible defenseman. He's not going to blow guys up with big hits. He's just going to try and make the smart play with or without the puck. So, Jamie, give us your thoughts on these two guys. Yeah, Hawkins, I'm I'm curious to see what he can do this season because I think I think everyone involved last season is probably a disappointing year in Bathurst. I think they were hoping for a lot more from him last year. Didn't seem to be like a great situation for him. So I, I think they're hopeful that this season – everything kind of works out better better, and he can have a much smoother season. He, he's going into a good spot in Sherbrooke that, um, you know, obviously a team that scores a lot of goals. Um, so there's going to be lots of opportunities for him to, to produce offensively. So curious to see what he can kind of finish the year with there in Sherbrooke. Um, and why not? I mean, I think we're all expecting big things from him this year, a 19-year-old defenseman in his fourth year in the queue. Um, you know, you're, you're obviously expecting a big year from him on a, on a good contending Mooseheads team. Um, I'd love to know what his ice time is sometimes, cause I'm sure he's going to play a ton this year. Um, and I, I think we're probably going to see more offense from him this year too. Cause I think just naturally a 19 year old with a lot of experience, I think we're probably going to see him, um, step into the play more and be a little bit more comfortable shooting than what we've seen um, in past seasons. Yeah. I'm curious to see the offensive side as well there, uh, uh, Jamie, when it comes to, to Cam Wynott, because he has been paired much of his time, especially in the last couple of years, with another NHL draftee, and that's uh, Jake Furlong. Furlong is a draftee of the San Jose Sharks. And Furlong, last year especially, carried a lot of the offensive load. He was the catalyst on the back end between the two of them. Does that get spread out a little more evenly? Does the fact that the team is deeper offensively up front change uh, the dynamic of things? It'll be very interesting to follow. And Huckins, you know, just to add to your point, you know, it was uh, – you know, it could have been viewed as a, a bit of an off year, but the other thing, too, that uh, Cole Hawkins had to contend with was just a very deep Acne Bathers team. You know, yes. uh, you know, guys like, you know, Riley Kidney, who's mm-hmm. course still there. Uh, ben Allison really blossomed last year. They acquired um, Hendricks Lapierre uh, during the offseason. So, you know, getting top minutes for a guy like Cole Hawkins wasn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. Um Sherbrooke, that's a little bit more of an opportunity. Um, you know, the first line's pretty well locked up, but, uh, you know, some second line time, some secondary power play time. be interesting to see what, what he can uh, come up with, uh, both performance and statistics-wise, uh, throughout this season. Now, Jamie, I'm going to direct this one to you because you are the travel bug between the two of you. I like traveling, too, but I'm generally going to, you know, Jamaica or, or like, Europe. Uh, it's too warm. It's way, way too warm. Too warm. Yeah. What could be finer than an evening at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome oh, yeah. in Calgary, or you know, go yep. to you know, pick your favorite junior barn across this country? And I'm telling you, the next time you're in Western Canada, and I know it's going to be coming sooner rather than later, try and make it a point to stop through Calgary because the Calgary Wranglers, who are now the AHL affiliate for the Flames, it's their inaugural season as the Flames affiliate. It's basically like watching a Q game. There are guys up and down the lineup, and there's, a, in particular, a couple of guys that you are very familiar with from your times in St. John. Yeah, first of all, on the Saddle Dome, since I can talk about the building a little bit, uh, unbelievably ridiculous building. Anyone who has a chance to go to the Saddle Dome <laughs> has to go to like fully appreciate the craziness of the Saddle Dome. It's uh, no idea how they designed that building, but it's insane. Um but yeah, so Jeremy Poirier and Yan Kuznetsov both playing with the Wranglers this season amongst a lot of former Q guys. Um, Kuznetsov, I think, you know, a little bit of a slower start. Obviously, we, we're not expecting the big numbers from him because he's more of a shutdown defenseman. But 
a uh, bit of a slower start, bit of a, you know, kind of down in the, the depth chart a little bit compared to Poirier. Um, Poirier has been pretty good with the Wranglers from what I've seen. Um, uh, but he had a really, really strong rookie camp with the flames, really good preseason, um, to the point where I, you know, kind of started to wonder if he might get called up at some point this season, which I still think is a little bit of a stretch just because the flames are, are a deep team, but you never know if, if injuries start to pile up, um, you know, we could see Poirier in the NHL sooner than, than maybe we expected at some point. Um, but yeah, he, he's off to an impressive start. Uh, scored the first goal in Wranglers history, I believe. So it'll be forever uh, immortalized in Calgary sports fame. Um, but yeah, the, lots of cute guys. So like you mentioned, I mean, another guy that we're very familiar with, Jacob Pelche, who's uh, a guy I'm sure could see some a call up at some point. Um, and then Clark Bishop, Alex Gallant, Nicholas Milos, tons of tons of former cute guys. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, going back to your point about uh, Jeremy Poirier, Jamie, you know, one of the things that was always kind of an underlying thing during his four seasons in St. John was how is he going to adapt to the pro game as a guy who, uh, let's be honest, uh, liked to cheat a little bit on off offensive situations. Okay. Uh, maybe being a little bit uh, charitable when I say that, um, sometimes things get a little bit uh, hairy. Um, at his, at the offensive blue line when it when it came to him, and I think he's starting to answer those questions. I think the game is starting to round out a little bit more. And quite frankly, we saw that with one or two exceptions during the Memorial Cup last year. I, I think having Gardner McDougall uh, in as the head coach for the Sea Dogs during the Memorial Cup uh, may have played a factor there. I'm not saying definitive, but certainly that team as a whole was playing. Uh, a very different style than they had been during the regular season in the playoffs uh, uh, under Gordy Dwyer. Um, but it, I think that responsibility is starting to carry forward in, in into the pro ranks. And it's great to see because Jeremy Poirier is one of those guys who, you know, if, if you're a fan of exciting hockey, he's a guy you want to cheer for. Um, you know, you also mentioned a guy like Nicolas Semelos, who I thought was one of the more underrated guys during his tenure in the queue. He was in ba in Bakemo. He was in Gatineau. He went to Charlottetown. He was on a number of very successful teams. He made a couple of runs to the Q final. Big, hulking sort of guy. He's already had his time in the NHL as well and looking for more ahead of him. Um, just a solid guy with a great shot. And Jacob Pelche, of course. And I agree with you. Like, it's only going to be a matter of time before this guy is in a Calgary Flames uniform and I would even go so far as to say producing, um, you know, at least semi-regularly if he does make it um, because he has the ability to improve everybody who's around him. And the funny thing about Jacob Pelche, if you recall from his time in Q, he was drafted by the Wildcats in 2017. Now, the Moncton Wildcats had a horrific second half to the season. They basically traded away everything except for the scoreboard of the Moncton Coliseum uh, and, 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 and barely had a serviceable team by the end of that year. Um, were they gunning to get the first overall pick who that year was a guy named Lafreniere? We're, I, maybe we're not here to debate it, but I'm sure they would have taken him. Um, but they lost the lottery to the Rimouski Oceanic. In fact, they bumped down to third. And their consolation prize was one heck of a find in that Jacob Pelche, who led that team like, literally in the room and on the ice uh, for three years before making his way to Valdor, where he had one more crack at a President Cup, went to the final that year. 
he will be in the Calgary Flames um, lineup sooner rather than later. ECHL, they uh, have their affiliate in Rapid City, South Dakota. There's one guy to talk about there, that's Simon Leving, defenseman who played four years for the Blainville Boisbriand Armada. In fact, he graduated from the Q just last year. And then in the NHL, two guys, another guy that you know fairly well, and uh, another guy that we both know well is just from the Maritime Connection. One is Jonathan Huberto, of course, who uh, you may have heard uh, made his way to uh, Calgary. I, I, for- really? I forget the details of that trade, but anyway, <laughs> he, 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 he's there now. And uh, another guy who is a former teammate of Huberto's in Florida, of course, defenseman Mackenzie Weaker. Yeah, it's exciting. Exciting to see Huberto in a Canadian market. You know, nothing against the the Florida Panthers and their their fans, but it's just it's cool to see you know Huberto on Hockey Night in Canada every week and see him again in spotlight because he's really been a guy who's probably flown under the radar quite a bit. And I think you know he was always one of those guys that when you saw him listed on the Canadian Olympic team projected roster, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot he was even around because he's in Florida. Um, but that's just not going to be the case anymore. He's going to be in prime time all the time now. So it'll be cool to see him in, in the spotlight a lot more. And along with Kutsnesov and Poirier, yet another guy who has Memorial Cup experience with the Sea Dogs. Of course, yeah. he won it all in 2011. Game-winning goal in that final game against uh, the Mississauga St. Michael's Majors. And Mackenzie Weger, who, you know, the funny thing about Mackenzie Weger, he was part of those powerhouse Halifax Mooseheads teams with you know Nathan McKinnon, Jonathan Drouin, Zach Bucali. And the story goes that, of course, the Florida Panthers had a very high uh, first-round pick that year. They ended up picking second overall and taking Alexander Barkov, but they had a permanent scout pretty much at every game in Halifax that year. They didn't draft Nathan McKinnon, who went first overall. They didn't draft Jonathan Drouin, of course. He went third overall. But they kept seeing this guy named Mackenzie Weger on the blue line and liked what they saw, and they took a flyer on him in, I believe, the seventh round. And uh, all he did was turn around and give the Florida Panthers about six or seven seasons, if I'm not mistaken, of good, solid hockey. And in the case of last year, for a president's team champion club. So, you know, Mackenzie Weger, one of those guys that you love to see succeed. Yeah, and a great great story, too. Well, not to cut you off, but a great story of, of, you know, perseverance. And it never hurts to play for a good team, right? No, it seems to work that way, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, also making his way to Halifax from the uh, Central Canada Junior A-League as well. Played for the Nepean Raiders before that. Made the jump to the queue and it was seamless. So uh, great to see him and Hubert Land on a very talented Calgary Flames team. Our 2023 draft pick of the week. We're going to come back to the queue. We're going to talk about the future prospects in this in this league and uh, it's a guy that you talked about a little bit last uh, week, Jamie. It kind of caught my ear. It's like, I want to talk about this guy a little bit more. He's a right winger. He plays with Drummondville Voltigeur. He was the second overall pick in 2021's QMJHL draft. And his name is Tyler Peddle. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, a guy that in his draft year, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know if drama is the right word, but there are a lot of question marks about him coming in the league and whether he would play in the league at all and where he would go. Um, ended up going to Drummondville where he was drafted, um, got off to a real hot start. Um, and then things kind of just quieted down. I found, you know, didn't really hear a ton about him last year. Um, had a pretty good rookie season, 17 goals, 18 assists. That's pretty good for a 16 year old. Um, so I think, I think this is going to be probably a bigger year for him, I would imagine. And a guy who came in the league as known as like a pure goal scorer. Um, I'm sure now that he's more comfortable in the league, will 
we'll start to see those those goals and those points um, to come. Uh, from what I've from what I've seen, kind of projected to be a late first round, uh, somewhere second round pick in this the NHL draft. We'll see how that progresses throughout the year. Uh, but like I mentioned last year, I just find him so interesting because you know a pure goal scorer, a skilled guy, um, but he's the son of Brad Peddle, and those San Effects teams are not known as the most skilled team. They're they're a team that wins games 2-1 and they'll out hit and out grind you. Um, so really fascinating to see his Brad Peddle's son be known as this, this skilled guy. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It definitely does go against the grain, but the bloodlines are there and it's really showing. And, you know, uh, Tyler is in a good situation in Drumville in that he is going to get top line minutes. He's playing with a lot of talent, guys like Charles Antoine Dumont, uh, Luke Woodworth, Jeremy Lapointe. Um, the opportunities are going to be there. He'll get his reps in every situation. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. As you mentioned, he is a B-rated uh, prospect right now for the 2023 draft. Um, former Shattuck St. Mary's player as well, almost a point a game. Pretty well-known organization in its own right. And always known as a high-octane scorer. Um, he's he's turned into a dependable scorer in, in Drummondville, but also a responsible two-way player. And as we both know, Jamie, that's the sort of thing that uh, more often than not gets you on the list of an AHL team. Yep. Moving on to the players of the week. And we're actually going to wrap this as a two for one player of the week and the players of the month. So the player of the week is Zachary Bullduke from the Quebec Rampire who just refused to lose at this point. They are, uh, they have a nine game point streak right now. They are the top team offensively, the top team defensively, number one team in Canada as per uh, today's CHL top 10 rankings and Zach Bulduke was one of the guys driving the bus last week. Three goals, five assists. He's a first-round pick of the St. Louis Blues from the 2021 entry draft. And uh, one of those guys, Jamie, who really hit the ground running the second he arrived in the queue midway through his rookie season with Ramuski. Yeah, and he's off to a, a great start this year. Um, I think this is probably maybe the best line in all of junior hockey he's playing on right now with Theo Rochette and Pierre-Olivier Waugh. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how, what he, what he finishes with in points. Um, that line is so good. Um, and the ramparts are loaded and I'm sure they're going to get even more, uh, loaded as the year gets, goes on. Yeah. And, uh, a guy who is, uh, most definitely on the radar for team candy, you would think yep. for this Christmas as definitely. well. Uh, just a nose for the net. He knows how to find the back of the net. Um, also on the Q's team of the week, along with Justin Robidoff from Valdor and Tristan Lard from Miranda Randa, Charlie DeRoche and Etienne Moran are your two defensemen on that team. Uh, DeRoche from uh, St. John, the everyman defenseman. And uh, Ventislav Shingarov, also with the Sea Dogs, who carried the torch of Nicholas Kurtovies, as Jamie alluded to earlier in this, in this episode, also named to that team as the goaltender players of the month. So a lot of the, some of those names we've already talked about. Jordan Dume is your forward of the month. Cal McCollum's your defenseman of the month, your rookie of the month. We talked about him last week, Bill Zonin from the Miranda uh, Randa Huskies and goaltender of the month. Another guy we've talked about, William Russo from the Quebec Rampar. Let's quickly talk about the key matchups this week. Um, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, Halifax, Cape Breton. Jamie, you are right. It's not an easy game for Cape Breton, but it's a key game, I think, getting a key rivalry game on Friday night is is going to be important. 
Thursday night, Valdors and Sherbrooke, two teams that are still fighting for position. Of course, Sherbrooke's in first place. Valdor is uh, looking to uh, stay uh, strong. Um, a lot of offensive firepower uh, between the two teams uh, for the top 10 in league scoring right now, including the aforementioned Kale McCollum. Uh, Bacon Moe's in Moncton Friday night. Another big one between two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And then on Sunday, Rand Aranda hosts Victoriaville. Uh, just uh, a couple of the mini games that are taking place. So, Jamie, your thoughts. What should we expect this week in the queue? Well, I, I'm really looking forward to this Valdor Sherbrooke game, as weird as that sounds. Um, after watching uh, less, a less than offensive display uh, Sunday in Moncton between uh, the Seahawks and Wildcats. I, I'm curious to check out a game that's gonna probably gonna have a lot of goals. So I'm I'm really excited to see um, that game. Uh, but like we mentioned last week, you know, still a lot of crossovers. So we're still seeing um, some of the Quebec teams come kind of the Maritimes and vice versa. I think Baycomo's here. I believe the Armada are here as well. Um, so yeah, curious to see how those those teams kind of stack up against the Maritimes teams. Um, and yeah, Baycomo. Baycomo is an interesting team too. Curious to see uh, that game on Friday in Moncton as well. I think they play in Halifax on Thursday, so those will be a, a couple good games too. Yeah, uh, definitely a lot of good action coming up this week uh, throughout the queue. We uh, hope to see as much of it as we can, and uh, we hope you enjoy it as well. And we hope you enjoy what you're seeing here. That'll about wrap it up. Wrap it up for us for this week. We will be back in a week with all the news that was for this week. In the QMJHL, this has been the Hockey News on the Q, brought to you by BetMGM. See you next week.